This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 434 with Patrice Washington. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 434. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Patrice Washington is a shameless mom to her 12-year-old daughter, an award-winning author, a transformational speaker, a hope-restoring coach, and a media personality. And she is committed to redefining the term wealth for our generation. Patrice got her start as your favorite personal finance expert, America's Money Maven, having tremendous success with her mindset approach to personal finance. A licensed real estate professional by her sophomore year in college and a real estate and mortgage broker at 21 years old, Patrice took her boutique brokerage from the dining room of her 700 square foot condo to a seven figure real estate empire by the age of 25. After losing her fortune in the Great Recession, she dedicated her life to not just rebuilding and reinventing her own life, but helping the masses move from debt management to money mastery. She has since expanded her brand and mission, encouraging women to chase purpose, not money. Patrice is committed to redefining the term wealth using its original meaning, well-being. She encourages women to have wealth in all aspects of their lives by pursuing their purpose, being fulfilled, and earning more without ever chasing money. Through her teachings, Patrice empowers women to look at life through the lens of abundance and opportunity instead of lack and scarcity. As the founder of Redefining Wealth and the Earn More Money movement for women, Patrice has built a thriving community of high-achieving women committed to creating a powerful life vision in their careers, home, health, and personal finance. Every week, millions of listeners have tuned into her weekly segment, Redefining Wealth with Patrice Washington, as part of a top-rated and nationally syndicated radio show. Patrice's podcast, The Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington, takes a deeper dive into her radio segment content, launched in 2017 with overwhelming success. Her popular podcast was recently featured on Forbes as one of 15 inspiring podcasts for professionals of every stripe. This lady has been around the block and she has the trophies to show it. Oh my goodness. Patrice has shared the stages with the likes of Lisa Nichols, T.D. Jakes, and Maya Angelou. She believes her greatest accomplishment is marrying her college sweetheart, Gerald Washington, and raising their daughter, Reagan. So 
This was a fun conversation. I was really, really excited to talk to Patrice. We actually recorded this before COVID, but I think you're going to learn a lot in here because so much about money and wealth is mindset. And right now we're questioning so much of what security really means. And I just had a big conversation with this in my Tenacious Mamas Business and Leadership Mastermind the other day about what security really means, because we have a lot of formulas in our head about what we think security means, but I think it means something different. I think that security has a lot more to do with what your mindset around money is versus what kind of a formula you bring in every month in terms of benefits and income and 401k, et cetera. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Listen in to hear Patrice share why 2020 is her year of obedience, how she has overcome being known as the money maven versus being Reagan's mom, why it's okay to suck at cooking and to stop trying to make it better. I loved this part of the conversation. How to focus on doing what you want versus what you don't want. The three pillars to redefining wealth, which I think is going to open your eyes. How our self-image holds us back in all areas of our lives the connection between physical clutter and mental chaos in our lives, and how to truly live a life on purpose on your own terms. I love this conversation. Patrice is phenomenal. She has so much knowledge and wisdom, and I cannot wait for you to hear it all. So with that said, let's welcome Patrice Washington to the Shameless Mom Academy. Patrice, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I am excited to finally be here. This will be a lot of fun. I have to tell people, I always like to connect the dots in terms of how I find guests or how guests find me. And Mm -hmm. I found you through Instagram stalking, which I'm not ashamed to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes in line with being shameless. So that's perfect. You know, and I've been on Instagram stalking, you know, a time or two in my life as well. So I'm with it. (laughs) And I have to tell people, this is like how I Instagram stalk. I'll see something cool that someone posts or I'll be on someone's profile as a stalker does scrolling through all their stuff. And I'll just screenshot the person and send it to my, someone on my team and be like, Hey, see if we can get this person on the show. (laughs) And nine times out of 10, it works. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am happy to be stalked and to be here. Right. I always tell people, I mean, not to make light of true stalking situations, but I'm like, I love a stalker. Like it's a huge compliment. Right. You know, only in a nice way on Instagram, not in real life, not in the bushes outside my house, none of that stuff, but you know. Exactly. Yes. I'm honored though. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. What I'm most excited about right now is... Oh my gosh, I'm excited about so many things. This is the year for me. I've titled this year, the year of obedience. Mm, Tell me more. Yes. So I identify as a believer, as a Christian personally. And I don't know about like your listeners or other moms that are listening who may be entrepreneurial in particular, where you get all these little downloads and these nuggets and these nudges to do things, but we talk ourselves out of it. Mm, Yes. Or we put it on the back burner or we say, that sounds good, but not right now Mm -hmm. or like all those things. And I decided around November of last year that this year, when I got those divine downloads and I felt compelled to move, that I would not allow myself to make excuses or talk myself out of it. And what that has produced for me this year in terms of excitement There's a couple things. One is I'm a professional speaker as well, which I'm sure the bio said, but I never thought that that was like something that I could teach others to do. Mm. The way that I storytell and just the way that I connect, even with large audiences. And there's so many nuances to how I show up on stage that I took for granted for many years and felt like it was just, oh, like I'm just good at it, as opposed to understanding that that was another way that I could support the women in my community. So I'm getting out of the shower one day and boom, this download drops. And I see myself in this room, a small room where I'm training, you know, purpose-driven entrepreneurs who want to start to tell their story from the stage. And I see it. I literally grabbed my cell phone. I made a note, you know, and listed all the things and What happened? The same thing that happens all the time. I'm like, but you're already busy. You have this, this, and this on the calendar. And I went back to this is the year of obedience. And no, you will find an available weekend, which I did. And I contacted a hotel, booked a room, and I'm doing the training. And it sold out in like three weeks, less than three weeks. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. But that, like, 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was not even on the calendar on January 1st. So what would my life look like if I just obeyed those still small voices or what feels like those downloads every single time? So now there's several things going on this year that were not on the agenda. And for those of us who are super planners, that's a little scary, but it's also really exciting. I love it. Oh my gosh. And we do need to acknowledge that all good ideas come as one is stepping out of the shower and we dive for our phones <laughs> with like dripping wet hands and open up our notes app. And like this happens yes. to me all yes. the time. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. So I also love this idea, first of all, the theme around obedience, and then also the momentum this has created for you and your acknowledgement of like, this isn't, you know, we're jumping into things that we didn't plan. This is uncomfortable, maybe a little scary. And also uh -huh. it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. Like I am all for planning. And I always say, I got this from one of my former coaches, Lisa Nichols. She would say, be committed to the vision, but not attached to how you get there. I love that. I love Lisa. Be committed to the vision, not attached to how you get there. Yeah. And so I am learning to switch my vision to be more about impact overall, as opposed to every minute detail of what it must look like. Yeah. You know? And so with that comes a great level of flexibility. So while it's still a little, you know, it's different for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is different because I like to, you know, I like my calendar and I like to <laughs> let it out and I like to have it on the grid. It's also very exciting. And I think it's exciting for my team, for my audience. It's exhilarating mm -hmm. to allow yourself the freedom to explore everything that you have to offer as opposed to forcing yourself in the box. I was known as a personal finance expert for so long that, you know, I'm so grateful now that I allowed myself, I gave myself permission to get out of the money box because mm -hmm. for so many years I did so much media and a lot of speaking people, you know, conference producers or, you know, media producers, they were very much like, this is the box. We're going to talk about budgeting and saving mm -hmm. and eliminating debt and saving on groceries and coupon cutting. And I'm like, those things have their place. But for me, that's never been the truth about wealth in its totality. Mm. I had to give myself permission, you know, to first allow myself to see myself as more than just the money person. Similarly to when I first started and I thought, well, I'm a mom and I thought that there was this competition between becoming the money maven and being Reagan's mother. Oh, interesting. Tell me more about that. When my daughter's 12 now, but when she was younger, I went through mommy guilt. Mm -hmm. I went through, you know, wanting to build this business and not being the mom that would bring fresh baked cookies <laughs> to, you know, to <laughs> right. garden. and feeling, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like in that moment, I felt like everybody else is a great baker. Now, first of all, I'm not a great baker, cook, none of that. But for some reason, when my daughter was young, that was my perception of being a good mom. And so I thought, what's wrong with me that I'm not doing all these things? Because a lot of my mind, my brain power was like, oh, you should write a book and you should do this and you should be doing that. And so I could not bring myself to read a recipe and learn how to bake. Like <laughs> I would burn things down at the drop of a dime because I would get started, stick cookies in the oven and then walk away daydreaming about what my book tour would look like one day, you know? Yeah. And so I used to have this guilt this that I would kind of go back and forth, um, vacillate between. And when I finally understood that there was no or, Mm -hmm. that there was and like I was called to be Reagan's mother, which I'm so grateful for, but I was also called to be America's money maven. And both of those personas, labels, titles can live in the same woman and she can do marvelous things with both of them. Yes, I love it. And I, this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Back to your analogy around being in a box as the money maven and then this conflict between your identity as the money maven versus as a mother. Mm -hmm. I think motherhood can also be another box that we put ourselves in. And I mean, your example of the cookies is perfect. And to try to jump between those two boxes and then realize, oh, wait, this all can coexist. (laughs) And all coexist in the same amazing woman. And I realized that I had created the box for sure, really based on perceptions that I had on television Mm. or just, you know, what I thought I could tell from my friends, you know, from a distance, because I grew up in a household headed by a single mom. And my grandmother also lived with us. But to be honest with you, I'm still to this day, the only woman in my family, the family I grew up in that's married. I have tons of first cousins that I grew up with, aunts, out of my grandmother, my mom. I was the only person to get married. I'm still the only person that's married. And so I didn't have an example, Mm -hmm. someone being able to do all of these things, you know, in the way that I kind of had imagined for myself, there was no real example. So yes, there was this box because Claire Huxtable on the Cosby show Mm -hmm. back in the day, I was like, she's it. I'm going to be like Claire, right? Bless Claire. (laughs) But then for me, I realized I put myself in the box, but then I let other people duct tape it. Like I let them close the lid and tape me in to those boxes. I gave too many other people permission to have an opinion about my assignment in life. And that is what had me feeling a little trapped and suffocated for a little bit there. And I think you great make such a great point. My husband and I both were raised in households without father figures. Uh-huh. And so when we had a child, I was <laughs> I remember sitting him down and being like, so neither of us really know what this looks like to be a dad. Like, how do we... And I had the sense of like, well, if you haven't been modeled it, then how do you know how to do it? And I will say it's worked out just fine. But right. I had this <laughs> moment of like... 
will he even know what to do? And of course, being like a control freak, I was like, I probably need to teach him. <laughs> I probably need to teach him how to be a dad. How to be a definitely that makes sense to me, Sarah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that it's interesting that when we don't have models, that we do look at outside influences and we hold those really close to our hearts because we want to do right by everyone. And we want to, you know, and yeah. especially if you're, you know, ambitious and high achieving, you're like, I'm going to look at Claire Huxtable and like, I'm going all in, you know? Right. And I think the most beautiful part, <laughs> I have to tell you about one time, my daughter was about six or seven and those delivery boxes with the meals all pre-prepped and stuff mm -hmm. um, were starting to get popular. And I was like, this surely I can do. Surely I can do this. They've already <laughs> measured it. <laughs> the directions are here. I know how to read. So clearly I can do a recipe. Like, okay, this is it. Do you know week after week, I burn the food in the box. <laughs> I either burned it or I just, it's like my brain could not click. I was like, what do they mean by great? You know, like, <laughs> what do they mean by mincing garlic? What exactly yeah. is mincing? Like I would blow everything out of just purport super dramatic right but yeah. I just could not bring myself to do it no matter what I tried because in my heart I earnestly was like trying I'm like okay mm -hmm. this is gonna work and about three weeks in a row burning or destroying the food in these boxes my sweet baby comes to me and she says mom daddy and I love you just how you are <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. I had no idea she was going to like, this was a come to Jesus talk about stop cooking. Like oh we gosh. just don't, we don't want this anymore. And she's like, you really don't have to cook. Daddy, daddy doesn't mind. Daddy can cook because my husband's a wonderful cook. And I'm like, okay. And it took like a six-year-old to get me to see that was not a requirement. Being an awesome cook was not a requirement of being an awesome mom. And wherever lie- So freeing, right? <laughs> and wherever I got that lie, I could like cast it back out there and not think about it again. And I literally have not beat myself up about that again. And when I do make things, and you should see how they behave. If I make anything edible, these people worship me in this house. <laughs> like, you did that. You were amazing. That is right. so good. That is your thing. So now I have like four or five things that I can make. But you know what? I learned how to make it from a place of ease and grace. It wasn't mm -hmm. forced on me. Right. And it wasn't because I allowed, you know, grandma, who my granny used to say, like, he's going to leave you if you don't know, <laughs> learn how to cook, you know? Like, I didn't have to take on all of that unsolicited advice mm -hmm. about who I should be or how I should behave. Right. And that was the most freeing. And it freed me up to use that time and money to invest in who I was becoming. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly the thing that we do is that we get so obsessive about like things that we're not good at and wanting to make them better to make like to create a better image for ourselves. And that takes just like you said, that takes so much energy away from the gifts that we have and our places where we can shine every day. And we need to stop putting all this pressure on ourselves. I love your example about cookies because I've maybe made cookies once since my son who's now seven was born. I got a KitchenAid mixer for my wedding, which was 11 years ago, and I have not taken out of, out of the box. <laughs> so, so I relate to a lot of what you're saying. Um, and if we can free up time and energy around this image of who we think we're supposed to be and step into who we actually are becoming, uh, like the gifts I can give to my son in modeling, building a business and impacting women's lives on a huge level, that is so much more powerful than whether or not he gets cookies every Wednesday when he gets home from school. Oh my goodness. Girl, say that. <laughs> like, you know, just the other day, it may have been yesterday. I was in the kitchen talk talking to my daughter and she's like, mom, so-and-so at school. I don't know what's going on with them. I'm concerned. And she's like, look at these text messages. And so she, she shows me the text messages between she and a young lady who, you know, they're, they're 12 year old girls. And the other young lady has a boyfriend who's verbally abusive at oh 12, 13 years old. Oh my gosh. And she's saying all this stuff and telling my daughter, you know, but I deserve it. And it's my fault and all this stuff. And my daughter says, look at what I sent her. 
And I'm seeing the way that my daughter communicated with this young lady and the way that she told her that she was a better than that and she didn't deserve to be treated that way and no one should ever talk to her and that is not something she should accept. And she went on and on and on. And then we got into this conversation about how she's like, you know, the town therapist at middle school and how people oh always are coming to her, it. you know, for everything. And I said to my husband later, I said, and that is what matters to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, she's not going to be able to pass on mom's favorite recipe for anything in particular. <laughs> I'm not knocking people who that's the gift that they pass on. Right, right. As she is listening and learning and picking up on, like, I was reading the text message and it felt like a younger version of me oh. in terms of the way that she was encouraging and supporting this young woman and then offered to pray for her at the end and all these other things. And I was like, wow, that's my kid. So powerful. And this is what I've had the time to deposit into her. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and for me, this is what matters because this is the legacy I get to pass on. So I'm not going to beat myself up about all the things that I'm not good at, because quite frankly, there are a lot of things I'm not good at. <laughs> You don't want me sewing any buttons either. You don't want me to, like, there's a lot of things that I ought not do. You know, (laughs) travel is another. I don't plan family vacations because I will double book the family in a minute. You know, like, there's a lot of things I'm not great at, but by golly, the things that I'm wonderful in, they are being passed on to my daughter. And that is something that I will be proud of. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I know that you help women look at life through a lens of abundance and opportunity instead of lack and scarcity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. So as I was saying before, I've been known as, you know, America's money maven for over 10 years now. And in the work that I've done with women over the years, I would always pick up on people asking questions from this place of like, what's wrong, what I don't have, what I didn't get, you know, as a kid or what my parents didn't teach me about money. And a lot of those things, even the ways in which people manage money for the most part comes from a place of scarcity. Even when you look at innocent things, such as folks saying, you know, save for an emergency. So we have emergency funds. I flip that on the head and say, no, we save for opportunities. Like it's just a different lens from which we can look at something and we go, oh, well, opportunities. Well, who doesn't want opportunities? Who doesn't want to be prepared for an opportunity? Many of us in this country in particular are not particularly enthused by (laughs) the thought of an emergency, right? We're not like, oh, not so much. We should let everyone know we're recording this in the middle of the coronavirus scare. So yeah, many of us are not really embracing this quote unquote opportunity right now. Right. It's like, no, most people are not thinking like, you know, as much as we hear it, we're not motivated by it. Right. Right. So I really have made my business and my whole mantra is about like helping people shift to looking at what they want versus being consumed with what they don't want. And that has really helped take it up a notch for people in terms of saving or eliminating debt or any number of things that have to do with finances. And what I teach my community at Redefining Wealth is that truly wealth is not even all about money and material possessions. And so when it comes to finances, because people get consumed with the money piece, they miss all these other parts of life that actually impact their finances. Yeah, And it's impossible to really get your finance. You may make money, don't get me wrong, but be stable and actually create something that leaves a legacy. That's hard if you haven't dealt with some of the other areas in your life, which may be preventing you from managing money the way you know to do, mm-hmm. but there's just something that's keeping you back. Can you talk about some of those areas of our lives where we tend to get in our own way. This is my jam. Okay. So at Redefining Wealth, we break it into six pillars. I'll share like three, just so you can get an idea. So the first pillar is called fit. It's about becoming your best self. And in that pillar, we talk about the fact that you want to be both physically and mentally fit or prepared for what it is you say you want. So for example, there was a time you know, Sarah, when I was like, I just want to go all over the world and speak and teach and, you know, do all this stuff. But I had a really hard time breathing in my townhome. And I heard that still small voice say, well, how are you going all over the world? And you can't breathe right here. At the time I was in Beverly Hills, you can't breathe right here in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. So you may want to fix that. And my point is sometimes that you have, you're like, 
you have these big visions, but in this hustle and grind society that we live in, we don't recognize the fact that if you have a vision, it's your responsibility to protect the only vessel you get. Right. Like you're only going to get one vessel in order to execute that vision. How are you treating that? So as much as, yeah, you may want to save this amount of money or, you know, go out and do whatever those things are. Are you forsaking your body at the expense of that? Right. Because what good is the wealth if you don't have your health? I'm not working so that I can spend my life paying for prescriptions I can't pronounce. You know, like someone's like, what is that? You don't know what you're taking, you know, anything about it. And I've seen so many older people in my family by the end, they were taking five, 10, 15 prescriptions that they, they couldn't tell you what they were taking it for. What, you know, I'm like, that's not how I want to live my life. I want to take care of my body so that I'm prepared for the blessings that I say I'm working for. And that's about being physically fit. But I also say mentally fit. There are so many things that come up on this journey. Oh, yes. You know, this is an entrepreneur, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't thought about throwing in the towel once or twice, I don't know what you're doing. Like <laughs> Once or twice a day, usually. <laughs> right. I wanted to say a week, but yeah. Right, right. You know, at least weekly, you're not like, what am I doing with my right. life again? Oh, just Why yesterday, I was like, Trader Joe's would be a fun place to work. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, people at Starbucks look super excited every day. Like, maybe. Yes, yes. And then they can just like go home and not think about anything and not be worried. And, which I mean, exactly. I know that is such a like inaccurate view, but that's what we think when we're in high stress. Yeah, when you're in it, you're kind of like, okay, why am I doing this again? Like, why can't I just go somewhere and sit down and clock in and clock out and not think about like, and that that's genuine to how I've felt definitely in my 20 years of entrepreneurship, almost 20. And so, you know, if you're not mentally prepared for the journey, it can be a real challenge. And the truth is for all those moments that we have where we feel like, why am I doing this? You have to be mentally fit to keep pushing past that because we also know that on the other side of you hanging on, there's always something really yummy, but you got to get there, right? You have to get past it. And for me, I always tell folks, your business, and I heard this from a guest on my podcast, she said, your business is only going to grow to the extent you're willing to heal. Mm-hmm. And in my own life, I know that I grew up feeling very ugly. I had lots of insecurities about my looks, my skin color, my lips, like everything that was teased as a little kid, I thought was going to hold me back for life. And the only thing I could bank on was being smart. I was like, I know I'm a spelling bee winner, you know, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I Although, took a lot, we have so many things in common. I also took a lot of pride in spelling bees. <laughs> right. right. So like I knew achievement wise in terms of academics, I was fine, but I've never felt good about my look. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where-are-my-keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where-are-my-kids kind of mom. <laughs> Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. I ended up in therapy at 22 years old. And it was only because my now husband, then boyfriend, he, I had gone on vacation, come back. He decorated my entire place, like put all these big 
blown up pictures of me around and the pictures made me cry. Oh my gosh. 23 years old. And he was like, I don't know if this is normal. <laughs> like, I thought she would be excited. <laughs> you know, in his 23 year old way, he was kind of like, ah, you might want to talk to someone. Yeah. And I ended up in therapy. And long story short, I was, it was three years. I was 25 before I could look in the mirror and not cringe. So tell me more about those pictures making you cry. Did Were you seeing a reflection of beauty that you didn't expect to see? Or were you feeling uncomfortable with these big images of yourself? Completely uncomfortable. You know, this is before the selfie era. This is, you know, before people... Before people knew what they looked like. (laughs) Right. You know, you didn't really, really know what you looked like. It's like you would be in the mirror just long enough to do what you had to do. But there was not this overemphasis on looking at yourself. And so I never really enjoyed looking at myself because I always would pick myself apart and Mm -hmm. say, well, why don't I look like, you know, my brother who was more fair skin? Or why don't I have hair like this person or why is my mouth bigger than that person and and the truth is I was teased heavily more not just at school but by people that lived in my house and I was the ugly one out of my cousins and I would you know so there was so much that went to this and it was years of this growing up so just because I graduated and went to a great college that didn't mean I had healed any of that stuff right? right and in therapy I learned to forgive people who would never say I'm sorry And I learned a new definition of forgiveness, which was giving up the possibility of a better past. And I just learned that hurt people. And I really learned to have compassion for my family members in particular, who were like the worst, you know, perpetrators of of the verbal abuse. And I always share that because I think it's important for people to understand I didn't just grow up with this level of confidence, what I would say I carry today, but I look at my life as a media personality and having my face on getting to be my fifth book here um, coming up soon and walking onto stages with 10,000 people in the audience. And I say, how could I have become this woman had I not dealt with my childhood trauma? There's no way. Yeah. No, absolutely not. So, you know, whereas people will feel like, well, when I get the degree or the next job promotion or when I launch this or do that, everything will be okay. Nope. It's not so much about the education, guys. Like education is great, you know, and I'm here for it. However, if you are struggling with some subconscious beliefs about who you are and your value and your worth and your place in this world, all of the degrees in the world won't change that. You've got to get some help. And so for me, and people are like, you're a money expert. What are you doing? I'm like, I've also counseled people with finances and realize there you have everything you need technically mm-hmm. to make sound decisions. But there is something else going on up there that is keeping you in this spiral of self-sabotage. Yeah, And that takes professional help. So that's why we start with FIT. It's that's been amazing. Seeing people's transformations have been absolutely amazing. So that's one area. I would say another area. And I just I have to I want to interject for just a second because I yeah. love that and I love that you made the distinction. As soon as you started talking about it, I was like, I hope she also talks about like mental health fitness. So I just want to acknowledge right. that because I do just really, really deeply believe, as you have so clearly stated, that that is such a big piece of it. And like, yes, the physical fitness is important in our overall uh, physical health, but that mental health piece is so significant. And I think that's because that part can sometimes be harder and less formulaic, it's the part that we kind of tend to like overlook because like uh-huh. we know to eat more vegetables, even if we choose not to, or to exercise 30 minutes a day or drink more water. But mental fitness, that's, it's really hard, scary, uncomfortable, vulnerable, all those things. So just wanted yeah. to acknowledge that before we move on to the next pillar. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate that. Another pillar that I would say we don't always think about, I would say is the space pillar. It's actually the third in the, in the lineup, but space, we talk about setting up our lives to support us. Mm-hmm. And that is really, one of our big things is just about clutter. And I believe that clutter is the physical manifestation of chaos in our mind. Mm. And whenever we are challenged in an area, for example, with our finances, I always ask people to show me what the area of their life that represents their finances, what does it look like? So where are your bills? How are your bills organized? How are your financial documents organized? How, you know, what's your system for, you know, managing your money for when it comes in? How do you transfer things? You know, and, you know, most people will be like, I got that one drawer in the kitchen (laughs) where 
piled up on the kitchen counter or there's a lot of stuff on my desk, but a lot of people don't really have a system. Well, okay, this is the physical representation of how you are doing with your finances. Mm -hmm. If this is in disarray, why are you surprised that your finances are in disarray? Yeah. They represent the same thing. And so that happens in so many ways and just cluttering. And it's not just about the financial documents, guys. I'm talking about piles of laundry that you walk by day after day. (laughs) You know, all of your creativity right now is probably stuck in that pile of laundry. (laughs) Because people go, well, you know, I can't find the answer. And I'm like, the answer is there. It is like, it has been released to you. It is just stuck. And all the things that you have piled up around you and even those things that you don't see. So for my folks who like to take everything to the storage unit somewhere, (laughs) the outside clutter is still clutter. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And it's still like holding on to junk is holding on to junk. And so (laughs) like physically or literally and figuratively. Yeah. And, you know, I had to have a little conversation with myself just last year. I was moving from California to Georgia and our house was always immaculate and everything was, you know, it was pristine. It was really put wherever it needed to go. But because we had so much space, it was so easy to hide things that no longer supported us. It was easy to hide it. And my husband and I decided when we were moving, he's like, I think we just really need to like let go of more of this stuff. So we almost did like a detox and I actually interviewed him on the podcast because he was so profound. You know, every once in a while, he just says these brilliant things, right? (laughs) (laughs) And at the time that we were moving and we were kind of doing this, we didn't call it a detox. We were like downsizing. All three of us, my husband, daughter, and I, we all got these physical symptoms of just different ailments back to back to back. Like all of a sudden I was feeling sick. I was dealing with um, a lot of nausea and his throat was hurt. And my daughter said that she was sick and we were just all dealing with something. And he's like, babe, this is like when you detox, Yep. when you detox, it's painful at first, you know, that it's going to be good in the end, but that for those first several, you know, hours or days or whatever, you are hurting. Mm-hmm. He's like, really detoxing like the soul of our belongings. And we realized that we had taken things that no longer served us literally from state to state, from season to season. There were things that represented not great times in our life. And we didn't even think about it because it was boxed nicely and labeled correctly. And we just moved it from one garage or basement to the next. And we finally let go of so much stuff, even though it was put away nicely. So don't always think that it's like you have to look like an episode of Hoarders. Right. Yes. Right. You can have like really well-organized Tupperware bins and still need to release some of it. Right. Right. What's the third pillar? So another pillar I would share, I would say living your life's purpose. That's the work Mm. pillar for us. And it is just really about being in alignment with you, with your gifts, what you truly feel called to do. And I think that sometimes people assume that that means that you must be an entrepreneur. And I just don't believe that. I think there's a lot of people who are using their gifts quite well, Yeah, you know, in nine to five jobs all over the world or even their ability to use them as a volunteer, which is how I started in this space. I started as a volunteer and putting myself in the environment exposed me to people and opportunities and ideas that I didn't even know existed. I just knew I wanted to help people in this way, but I knew there was a gifting, right, to do that. And what I've learned through, I'm certified in financial psychology. And before I was even certified, when I would just help people, I realized that my clients that struggled the most were usually unfulfilled in what they did day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're unfulfilled in what you, basically, I mean, it's what you do more than you do anything else, more than you sleep, more than you spend time with family. Most of us, our work pretty much consumes a great portion of our lives. And so if you're unfulfilled doing that, you are so much more likely to mismanage your finances because you're struggling, not being, not having a sense of purpose is making you struggle with your priorities. Mm -hmm. And so what many people do is 
use that unfulfillment, it creates a void. And then they use that void to make excuses for shopping unnecessarily or shopping compulsively or buying friends and family because it's not always about shopping. It's not for everyone. It's not a spender. Some of you give too much, Mm -hmm. give beyond your limits. And that's not wise or healthy either. I love this idea around chase purpose, not money. And I think that, and I also appreciate that you bring up that it's not necessarily, that chasing purpose doesn't mean going out and building your own business for everyone. I think that it can mean that, but I think it can also mean to be a part of another organization's purpose as well. Yes. But being connected to what you do and how you spend your time. And because our work takes up so much of our lives and it takes up so much of our lives at the expense of other parts of our lives. So, I mean- I don't have a dream to be a stay-at-home mom, but I recognize like that my work does keep me away from my child. And I tried being a stay-at-home mom and really did not love it. So Girl, me too. That was another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but I recognize that at the same time, like I'm making an active choice to be a working mom. And also there's a cost to that for sure. And if I couldn't be clear around my purpose, then then that would really shift the dynamic in terms of what I was able to put into my work and what I was able to get out of my work. And I know I just recently had a client talking about, she has a job that she a year ago really wanted to get out of. She works in a casino and she felt like it didn't, her job didn't have a purpose that fulfilled her. And it also, she was like practically embarrassed to tell other people what she did. And she said a year later, she still has that job, but she's able to look at it in a really different way because of where her daughter's at. And she's like, this job actually gives me a lot of flexibility to parent in the way I want to be parenting right now. And it actually serves a purpose in my life that I hadn't, couldn't recognize a year ago. So she said, I still don't want to be doing this forever, but also I can really be at peace now when I see the purpose behind what I'm doing and why this works best for our family right now. And I think that's so powerful because I think we can, it's easy to feel shut down or not seen if you don't have something that's really obviously purpose-driven. And I think there's a lot of us that have, that do work that's not obviously purpose-driven, but it serves a really special purpose for us. Yes. that is, I love the way you put that. I love that. Basically reframing. Yes. Yeah. And here's the other one, accepting that purpose evolves. Yeah. Because I think the other thing that throws people off is that because something felt purposeful three years ago, you're like struggling with feeling unfulfilled now. Totally. Why do I feel this way? Purpose evolves. You have to give yourself the chance to evolve. Who I was when I came into this space about 11 years ago, I've grown so much and that it has shifted. And I've had to learn to go with the shift instead of trying to work against it, like really allow myself to stay in the flow. Yeah. I recently heard someone talking about the word, the use of the word pivot, which I use a lot around profession and using the word evolve instead of pivot, because pivot can imply that like, oh, I'm not meant to be doing this anymore, or this isn't working out for me. So now I'm going to go over here. But when in reality, it is an evolution. And so like, maybe this isn't working out for me because my purpose has shifted and I've grown and evolved. And so now I'm going in this direction or I'm moving, you know, to a new level in this place. But that's not necessarily be indicative of like failure or something not working mm-hmm. out. But that's often, especially as women, we, <laughs> that's how we tend to, I think, um, frame it or label it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of constantly evolving and then being aware that like, my purpose right now is not going to be my purpose in a few years. And that's totally fine. And that's fine. Yeah. I, I would tell my clients like, Hey, can we just like start? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> totally. Put it out there and see, because all this hypothesizing that we're doing, you know, right. that's, we, we're not going to know unless we put it out there and see how the, how your audience, you know, or how the marketplace responds. So at some point you got to just start <laughs> and allow that to dictate the next best step. Totally. But, oh my gosh. I so yeah. agree. What do you want your daughter to know about wealth and abundance? I want her to know how to redefine wealth for herself. I want her to know that wealth is not just money, material possessions, that it is about her well-being first and foremost. And I want her to know that she just lives in a limitless <laughs> universe and that she really does have the ability to create whatever she wants to create. And there is no comparison. There's, It's not about comparing it to what other people you know, think it should be or any, not even what I think it should be. It's really whatever feeds her soul and makes her happy and allows her to live her most purpose driven life. I love it. In what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? I am shameless about not baking cookies. 
<laughs> yes, I, I will join you. <laughs> I think I show up as a shameless mom every day when she just gets to watch me own who the heck I am. And as I get, I don't know, it's something about getting closer to these 40s. I'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. And boy, I tell you, I am feeling very bold and just like, listen. Just wait, because I'm 44. It just keeps getting better. Like you <laughs> get so much bolder and just like let go of so much junk. And you're like, yes, I am woman, I hear am me roar. And I don't care if I look ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I am feeling it. I like so many of the things that I used to, I remember I would only do a Facebook Live or those types of things, Periscope, if I had makeup on. And one day I was like, this is years ago now, but I was like, is the message not more important than the makeup? Yeah. Like if somebody <laughs> says to me, I can't hear you because you don't have lashes on. <laughs> wouldn't that be absolutely ridiculous? Right. And I just stopped. And like, that was the beginning of just like, man, own what you were brought here to do and don't make it more complicated than it has to be. Yeah. And I hope I'm just being an example to my daughter of like, man, stop making stuff hard. Yes. <laughs> don't yes. overthink. And, you know, beat yourself up for every little thing, like do your thing and know that everything that you put out to the universe with the best of intention, the purest motives and a pure heart and the excellence to your ability, right, to your capabilities, like someone will be served and you will reap the benefit. Yes. And that's okay. I love it. Oh, Patrice, this has been so great. Tell people where they can find you and connect with you and get all your good stuff. Well, you can also stalk me on Instagram. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And seek Wisdom PCW. That's Seek Wisdom PCW. And then there's all things Patrice Washington, books, podcasts, whatever, uh, patricewashington.com. And what's the name of your podcast? Because we'll link everything up, but we'll put a special link to that as well. Yes, the podcast is the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. Okay, awesome. Yay. So we'll have all of that linked up shamelessmom.com. And then you can just go to Patrice's episode and click on it. And we'll have everything right there for those li links for everyone. Oh, Patrice, this has been so amazing and impactful and just a really fun conversation. Um, I feel like there was some good nuggets in here and some ahas for mamas to take away. So thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing your gifts with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.